Hello, friends, and welcome once again to your favorite therapy-themed podcast. My favorite therapy-themed podcast. Everybody's favorite therapy-themed <laughs> podcast. Oh, this is This Changes Everything, and I'm here once again with Therapy Jeff. How you doing, Therapy Jeff? I'm doing great, Sarah. How are you? Oh, I am doing okay. Mm-hmm. I uh, am officially moved in with Eli. Congrats. And thank you. And that... Uh, to put it mildly, uh, uh, made me have a total meltdown. Okay, so, cool. Very cool. Love that yeah, for you. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. So I don't know what that was about. And, and you know, the worst is like when you're aware of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I mean, it all started when he just was so kind to say, like, move into my space. And mm-hmm. then we, uh, what really was like the, the, Straw that broke the camel's back or nail and coffin. Not even nail and coffin. It makes it sound like our relationship's dead. Everything's wonderful. It's fine. Um, uh, but he was like, hey, let's sit down and like put some goals together for like the next few years. And like, what a wonderful thing for somebody in a relationship yeah. to want to do with you. Sure. Meltdown. Mm-hmm. Panic, panic. Red alert. <laughs> All like the idea of like, oh, no. Uh, will somebody accept me? Like, what? what's the point in putting down goals, all the goals I've ever had with mm. another person in the past? Mm-hmm. I've had to erase and, and what am I going to do? I, you know, like mm-hmm. everything that you could have possibly imagined to come up came up. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, that's where I am at. Yeah, so week. a little triggered. But Sarah, did, <laughs> it, did it manifest in a way where you like pushed him away? Did you shut down? Did you get totally. into a fight? Did you run away? 100% Did you cry? shut down. Oh, you shut down. And cry. Oh, so much crying. Oh. Uh, you know, the, what then came over me was this fear that I'm going to self-sabotage. Mm. And, and what I'm really scared of is, oh, what's the point in doing goals you're going to leave anyway? And then my actions in how I respond to him being nothing but kind and loving will then lead to him doing the thing that I fear Mm -hmm. the most. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So, and then I'm aware of me doing that and, and then panic and then it just, it doesn't help. And yeah. So I I think maybe like distance from the problem helps. And like, cause sometimes, you know, uh, like a lot of other people want to talk about it or want to, I, nope, I need like my space. I need Mm. to just, Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, I get it. Okay, so you had a you had a little meltdown. You shut down. Mm-hmm. There were some tears. Did so you tears. did you revisit the talk, or is it sort of on hold? Yeah. Or you know, it's it. I recognized that like I have just have to make kind of different goals. That my goals need to be uh, more about like how I will be in the relationship. Like the you know maybe a goal of like being more like trusting of another person Mm. to meet Mm -hmm. my needs Mm -hmm. and like open up my heart a little more. And Mm. then like going through like how I'm going to let myself do that or what kind of things let me know that I am achieving that goal. And, you know, it just felt very what I, and, and we did, we revisited it. We talked about that night. We talked about, he was so good at saying like, it seems like you are very like activated right now. And this is like, not what, Mm-hmm. I want this to be, and you know, let's talk about this later. Mm-hmm. All good things. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we revisited, I I really realized that it was too difficult for me. I I felt too vulnerable 
if I were to enter that conversation wearing like the girlfriend hat, mm-hmm. because that's where I can get hurt. So instantly, as soon as we brought up goals, I took off the girlfriend hat and put on the therapist hat mm. and then basically told him he's making goals wrong. And like, <laughs> yeah. Making goals wrong. Yeah, I was like, well, if you word it that way, you're you're working against your best interest. Your brain's going to hear something different. Like, let and it did a cognitive triangle on him. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. If you're a therapist, it is. It really is. Oh, I love it's that. It's ridiculous. So, so you know, and I saw it. I saw myself doing it. <laughs> you know, it's just like the 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 path of healing is not linear. And it is only in moments where we are vulnerable that we learn how we're going to react and respond. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And fuck it if it doesn't hurt real bad. Mm -hmm. I know. And then you just feel, I feel ashamed. I I feel embarrassed afterwards. I always feel like I am so embarrassed for how... Mm-hmm. I was because yeah. I don't want to be like this and right. I see what I'm doing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I love that you did not bail and ruin everything and self-sabotage the whole relationship and make him be a turd to you by the things that you say to him and you hung with it. It was hard. It was difficult, but you had to be strong and courageous and work through it. And it sounds like Eli was able to create a good space with you to work through these things. And you're both coming out the other end and growing. And like you say, like it's like growing and evolving is wonderful, but it's usually pretty hard to do, you know? So, so, and you know, it almost feels like there's there's this expression that I'll have. Sometimes I'll have clients will come in and they'll be like, oh, there's like nothing to talk about. Everything's going really great. And so I'll say like, oh, you know, when the sun is shining, fix the roof. Like that's when you can mm-hmm. really like get into some of the stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you've kind of like put off. Now it feels like I'm trying to fix the roof in the middle of a hurricane with a tornado approaching. And so I'm like, you know, maybe I don't worry about this stuff right now. Maybe we just save goal setting to when my boxes are unpacked Mm -hmm. and I can, I think I need to reduce the stressors Mm -hmm. and recognize that I may be a little too stressed out for some of those conversations at the current moment. I support that. Yeah. Yeah. Just settle in. Yeah. Yeah. So you doing anything crazy? You, uh, you know, like self-sabotaging and like uh, throwing wonderful relationships into the garbage because of your own uh, stuff? Always. No? Yes, just of course. Me? No, no. Me too. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just, you know, I'm out there on the dating apps doing the dating thing, trying to be like very um, particular about like who I'm matching up with. I think that I'm like making, I think I'm ending things with people sooner rather than later. I'm just like, Oh no, I don't know. could be a red flag. This this doesn't look like a long-term match. I'm out. And so I'm just sort of like bailing, which feels like I'm in alignment with that. I think that's what I need to do, but I might be doing that a little too much. Mm. And I'm like, there's a little part of me that's just like, oh no, I'm losing an opportunity on connecting with somebody who could really, who could actually be a good match. Um, but I'm being so picky and I'm just kind of owning it right now. I think that like, if I continue to be picky for a few more months, then maybe I'll try to loosen up a little bit, Okay. but I'm in my picky stage and that's okay. 
like is it like picky like like weird habits like oh they're like flossing at the dinner table or something <laughs> funky well, I'm okay with flossing at the dinner table I think it's not so much weird habits it's actually it might not have there's a very good chance it has nothing to do with these wonderful mm. women that I'm going on dates with and it has everything to do with me so it's what I'm like bailing and ending little little relationships, little quick mm-hmm. little things, if I feel like I can't be my authentic self. Oh, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Of course. I 100% support everybody, you know, but I think there's something I'm not, I'm maybe not allowing myself to be my authentic self is possibly the problem, or it could just be the energy or it could be a hundred percent them. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure whose fault it is, except for the fact that like, if I can't be authentically me, then I end it after two or three dates, and that's that. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, do you for <laughs> as long as, you know, you can keep doing you. Uh, that's the plan. I will right. do that. And then when it starts to feel like, mm, you know. I know. I know. Yeah. I when it starts I to always feel. think of the Jerry Seinfeld, or not Jerry Seinfeld, the Seinfeld episode of the, with the big hands. Man hands. Woman whose hands. hands. Yeah. Yes. Hands. Man hands. Man it hands. is like, uh-huh. like that. <laughs> Whereas like you get to a certain point where like, oh, I'm willing to, who cares? Like, let's, let's, man hands, you know. Man hands, close talker. What else were they? Oh, um, oh God. I used to know I all mean, of them. I had some of my own. Like, if you're a mouth breather, that was like, done. like people who, like, mm-hmm. my Ed, which is funny because my ex husband had a deviated septum and was a mouth breather, like, often breathed out of his mouth a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I told him, You have a deviated septum. And he's like, No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. When we get divorced, guess who got, I, because we shared insurance for a while, even after that, until mm-hmm. all the thing was final. Mm-hmm. Guess who got a deviated septum right <laughs> after he was, you know, long enough to where I didn't, I wasn't around to say, I told you so. Yeah, mm-hmm. that guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, speaking of ex-spouses, mm-hmm. we're talking all about divorce today, baby. Oh, yes. Yeah. D-I-V-O-R-C-E, something good for you and me. <laughs> People are going to be mad that I made that joke. <laughs> but I'm- Sarah, divorce is not a laughing matter. Well, I mean, you know what? Slap it can or cry be. sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I made a joke, a sort of divorce joke. I, was, I went to the dentist and the dental hygienist was asking me how I was doing. I was like, how are you doing? What's new with you? And she's like, oh, I just got engaged. And I was like, oh, wow, congratulations. But uh, you know what they say? You got to get that first marriage out of the way before you <laughs> find out what you were. <laughs> and then, and I was like, I, it was a joke. She didn't think it was funny. And then she started like putting all the tools in my mouth. So I wasn't able to like explain myself. <laughs> and it was just it's sort really, of this awkward. Okay, yeah. Okay. So if you're listening, dental hygienist, I was just making a joke, and I'm very excited for your yeah, your big wedding. Your marriage planning. is fine, but yes. you know, some of us we need the starter marriage. We need the practice one. Exactly, and you and I both got l- that. Learn, mm-hmm. yeah, we yeah. have both done that. We are doing this episode because I got, and we both got, so many people who wrote in requesting this. I was surprised at how uh, many messages, and even like in some of our. Um, uh, reviews and things mm. on Spotify that said, you know, us talking about our own personal stories with divorce mm-hmm. have been really helpful for some people because, you know, a lot of us have like similar 
experiences or feelings like, man, love is a doozy. <laughs> love is a doozy. That is the quote of the year. Love is a doozy. I want to get yeah. that printed on a shirt for you. <laughs> yeah. like, love is a doozy. <laughs> and that means whatever so, a doozy means to you, like good and bad, it kind of seems like. Yeah, it's kind of like an oh, inkblot, whatever, however you want to interpret it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. So, you know, one of the things I was thinking is what are the messages you got about divorce growing up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. The, so my parents divorced when I was six years old. Um, oh, and that's young. That's young. So I was six. My sister was 10. And Sarah, they did it. <laughs> they did it on the worst day, one of the worst days, which is, I, it still boggles my mind why they told us when they were getting a divorce. My mom, and also, my mom is a therapist. Like, she's not dumb. They decided to tell us the, the night of thanksgiving oh no (laughs) i do not know i do not understand why they made that decision we went to thanksgiving dinner with the family the extended family then came back to the house and they're like we need to sit you down and we're gonna let you know we're getting a divorce obviously my father did not want to get that divorce it was even obvious to me as a six-year-old watching my dad he was devastated he was trying to hold his shit together he couldn't do it my mom was like the obvious sort of like instigator who wanted to get the divorce and i picked that up very young and so did my sister um so there was so we got the message i guess that like divorce happens it's okay and that makes sense but it was divorce ruins holidays is the message (laughs) that i would have picked up as a six-year-old from that it tarnished thanksgiving for many years afterwards um this actually makes a lot of sense when we okay oh you putting so you're connecting some dots here yeah thanksgivings can still kind of be difficult for me yeah mm, thanks mom and dad i guess i'm sure he had something to do with it the timing yeah oh, the timing. I, I can't remember what this is from if it's it could be a cartoon or a comedian who said this but i heard somewhere where like parents wanted they wanted to tell their kids they're getting divorced so they told them right next to a dumpster so that their memory would be of trash and they would associate a bad experience with a dumpster not something nice they like didn't want to do it in their house it sounds like an something from like bob's burgers or something i can't remember what this is from but that like Stands out my head that. as soon as you say, like, Thanksgiving, it feels like the opposite that they did. Like, yeah, yeah. You know? <sighs> so I have this association of, like, this is my mom's fault that my dad didn't want it. My sister took it so incredibly hard that she sort of, like, she had such a big reaction that it almost didn't leave space for me to have a reaction because she was so sad. Everyone had to kind of, like, cater to her sad feelings. <gasps> so I just sort of got lost in the middle of all of it, which is, which was very on brand for my childhood. Um, and, but, but I think that I kind of like left that experience or grew up thinking about the divorce as just sort of like, this is definitely a thing that happens and it can cause like lots of like reverberating sort of damage or trauma, especially to the kids. Mm. If you don't talk to them or handle it in the right way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feel was it something that a lot of your your peers had experienced? I think all of my close friends yeah. had came from divorced families. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Yeah, same. I think that that made it in a way easier like I, most of my friends 
were like raised by single moms Mm -hmm. or, um, yeah, they just, it was, there wasn't really an example of what a healthy Mm. marriage looked like in my mind. And Mm -hmm. I felt like even at a young age, I was pretty good at sniffing out when there was trouble in a relationship. Like I knew the parents who were like cheaters and alcoholics. And I Mm -hmm. felt like I had an awareness very young of, of how parents were. And Mm. you know, my, when my parents got a divorce, I was about maybe like 12 or so. Mm -hmm. And it felt like a lot of it was kind of my fault for Why'd talking you think about that? some of the things that were going on in, mm. you know, and it, the timeline of, of events was, you know, a lot of what, when I came forward about sexual abuse that I was experiencing, mm. mm-hmm. it was right when they got divorced and it felt like those timelines get very overlapped sure. in my brain as a kid for like, maybe this was my fault. I mean, their relationship was nothing but tumultuous. Mm-hmm. It was fights and yelling and anger and rage and physical violence. And it was just really real. And then all like stonewalling and just mm. distance and all these horrible things that I, and content. Oh, just like all the worst. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I got a really bum deal in, in like observing what healthy relationships were and are. And I almost in a way feel like what I saw instead were women who were in relationships with men who were very like who hurt them in some way or hurt their family or mm-hmm. were not good. Mm-hmm. And then them having to do it on their own mm-hmm. and like survive. Mm-hmm. And so that feel, feels like the model that was created and yeah. Yeah, trying those... real hard to fight against that. That's the thing is that like that, that stuff gets like cemented into your mushy little childhood brain and it gets like integrated and absorbed. And then that's what, that's what you think relationships are. That's how love goes, or this is what intimacy is like. And these are the examples that we grew up with. I saw my mom, like the, on Thanksgiving, they told us about the divorce. My dad moved out on, what was it? Like on Christmas day. (laughs) What? Why are they ruining all these old things? <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then three days later, my future stepdad moved in. So, like, there was... <laughs> Happy New Year! Happy New Year, exactly. So Jeez. there was, like, some real overlap and, like, lily padding that my mom did. She, like, set up a new relationship that eventually she, she married that guy. And my dad was, like, severely depressed for many years until he eventually remarried. Um, so there was just like, so, you know, I learned that there was just like a lot of stress, a lot of sadness. And also like my dad is alone and he's incredibly depressed and my mom can't be alone, you know? So there's, there was also this sort of like trauma or codependency around divorce and breakup. And I think that that's one of the reasons why for me, I really like, I feel tempted to lily pad from like one relationship to the next. And Uh that was modeled in my childhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I feel like tempted to just say, you know what? I'll just do this myself. This is, I'll just, I got it. This is too, this is too hard. This is too hard. I can't make everybody happy. And yeah. And I'm not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But before we continue on with our stories and then like what we went through, maybe like when we went through our divorce, uh, while we're talking about canceling relationships, we might want to talk about (laughs) canceling subscriptions. Do you like that segue? This is an excellent, (laughs) excellent segue. Uh, you know, like, and you know, Jeff and I were just talking about this before. Mm -hmm. We are the worst. As salespeople, <laughs> we don't want to like make anybody feel like they should be getting anything that they don't need or anything like that. But every now and then I find something that I just have to share with you guys. And also your support helps us keep the lights mm-hmm. on around here. Mm-hmm. So I have a wonderful, wonderful way for you guys to save money Let's hear it. with our friends. Rocket money. Mm-hmm. I have tried this, Jeff. I was telling you just the other day, it gave me an alert that I might save a little bit on my auto insurance. Mm -hmm. And so I clicked the button and I filled out just a few little things and they connected me to somebody who dropped my auto insurance rate from 120 a month to $96 a month. That's amazing. I love that for you. Yeah. And I'm paying like, I don't even know, like $5 for my rocket money account each month and saving myself literally hundreds of dollars a year. It is so easy for my ADH brain. It is so organized and really helps me stay on top of things that normally make me feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So if money is something that makes you guys feel overwhelmed, if sorting out your finances is a goal of yours, if you feel like you don't want to waste money and... You also want to support our show and you're grateful for all of the wonderful things we talk about on here and how we just like pour our souls out and tell you all of the things that we deal with so that you guys can maybe feel a little bit better, (laughs) then you should definitely use our code. You should. You should use the code. And I'm going to give you that code, but I'm also going to like echo what Sarah is saying. Uh, Sarah and I work really hard on this podcast. In order to keep the lights on, we sell these ads. We and we, But we only like do ads in companies that we believe in and yes. that we actually use. We've yes. said no to multiple companies that do not align with our values. We love rocket money. That's for real. I have... I I have a problem with subscribing to everything, uh-huh. <laughs> to like every streaming service, every subscription, and I'm constantly forgetting. I also have a problem where like I don't like to check my bank account. I don't like mm-hmm. to check my credit card bill. And so I'm going to miss all of the subscriptions that I'm subscribed to. And also, if I do see something that I'm subscribed to, I don't feel like going through the rigmarole of actually like figuring out how to unsubscribe for it. Rocket Money does that for me. I just yes! click a cancel button and it figures that shit out. Like this is actually a product that we use. So I'm encouraging everyone to stop throwing their money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash TCE. That's rocketmoney.com slash TCE. Rocketmoney.com slash TCE. You will support yourself and your pocketbook. And more importantly, Sarah and Jeff, right? <laughs> exactly. Of course. Yeah. I'm like, guys. Thank what, you. What do we got to do to convince you to save money over here? Use our codes. Yeah. Welcome. Um, okay. Back to divorce, you know, lighter topics. (laughs) Right. So I I was also, maybe we can talk a little bit about, I think some of the questions I get here 
is, and I'm wondering if you struggled with this, Sarah, a lot of times when we're getting a divorce, we've been typically in like a long-term or a longer-term relationship, and there's this sort of like sunk cost feeling of like, I've put so much into this relationship, whether it's time, energy, money, kids, house, um, community, businesses we've built together, support, you know, like there's just so much you've put into it. And so I feel like, especially with divorce or very long-term relationships, it's hard to end those things because you're just like, well, that is, does it all go to waste? Did you feel like if when your divorce, when your relationship, when your marriage ended, that you're just like, I wasted these X amount of years. Did you struggle with that? Like you wouldn't believe. Mm -hmm. And to, to, you know, I think as a, a woman who feels the biological clock like mm-hmm. ticking mm-hmm. and you know when i was married i got pregnant and then had mm-hmm. a miscarriage mm-hmm. and so it felt even though i'm grateful in the long run that you know that uh, i don't have to co-parent i don't like that that this is a different life that there's a part of me that feels like i gave up one life for another and, and almost like the, the idea of another life, like, Mm. like, is it even going to be better or easier or, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and my, my married life was pretty easy. It was, Mm. you know, I was married to somebody who handled a lot of the, those daily stressors, things that are like the norm, the, you know, it was like, he had a great job where we had great health insurance. You know, it's much different, like having your own business and hosting podcasts. And like, you know, the other day I got an email where my insurance was just canceled on me for no reason. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what? Cause like things weren't being communicated from one company to the X. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that kind of stuff that like, I never had to deal with before. Never had to worry about like my, my bills were just automatically paid. And I was like, wow, I am going to be letting go of a life with, like a lot of, you know, a lot of benefits, I guess, that came with it to, mm-hmm. for something that wasn't fulfilling, or, you know, it wasn't filling my heart. Like it right. didn't, I felt that there was like an emptiness or this missing piece or that I was not able to be my authentic, authentic self. Mm-hmm. And it felt like I, but I had to weigh that. It, it was, it was a few years. It probably took me about two years mm. to really weigh that. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's a, it's a funny, like, I don't know, math problem that you start doing. Yeah. Where it's just like, well, I'm not getting these needs met. And they're like actually incredibly important. However, my daily life feels certain and I can count on it and I, and it feels familiar. It's also like, what's that saying? I don't, you, you'd like rather choose a certain misery instead of uncertainty yeah. and whatever. The I don't misery know. of certainty is more comfortable than the yeah. misery of uncertainty. Yeah. So, but there, yeah, you start like trying to figure out like, um, because of everything that you put in there for me, it was, it was also like, this sounds vain, but whatever. Like I was like married from like 30 to 39. I was like, those were, I looked hot. I looked so hot. Those were the best looking years of my life. And I'm going to like, I'm get, get out there on like the dating in the dating Mm. scene. I'm not going to be looking my best. Like, so I was just like also resentful that of the relationship or or the mayor of her almost. It was like, she got my best looking years. Like, um, 
So there was there was that. I don't think that's true. I look stunning. I, yeah, I always look stunning. Yeah, a fine line over here, Jeff. You're, you're... <laughs> I'm, it's working for me. But I I did feel that way, and I did, and I was really scared about that. Um, I also was like, when I first got married, I was making like uh, thirty thousand dollars a year, and then by the end of the marriage, I was making like so much more than that. And I was like, I think this is because of her. I think it's because of like her stability, Aww. her encouragement, her empowerment, her helping me with X, Y, and Z. And like, if I leave this marriage, I think like the businesses that I've built are just going to crumble. Um, so that was also like, I'm not sure I can handle my life on my own because of this like built in support. And she gave me a ton of support. Like she was amazing. We both gave each other a lot of support. So it was scary to think about like, what was it going to be like on my own on the other side? That Mm -hmm. starting over thing is Mm -hmm. really, Mm -hmm. really hard. I remember a, a moment where I, I called my friends. Oh, it was when I was staying at my friend Susie's house. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was on her pullout sofa and I was like, I, right now my ex-husband or this, this guy at that time, my husband is sleeping in our four bedroom home that mm. I decorated, that I like picked out all the stuff for it that, you know, we made like really made into a home mm. and I'm on a fucking pullout sofa and I'm going to be on a pullout sofa for the next however long. Mm-hmm. And that, wow, this mm-hmm. is, this is really, am I doing this? And like, she shared her story where she, where she got divorced and she was staying in her mom's house and sleeping in the basement. And there was like her, like in her house growing up, there was like a weird clown, like painted on the wall. And she's like in a basement, <laughs> like exposed beams. And she's like, what the fuck am I doing here? And that's like where we get, we're like, I can't believe that I, I am here right now. And just like. Having to start, it's very, very hard mm-hmm. and it feels like it's going to be forever, mm-hmm. but it's not soon. You'll be making divorce jokes. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> divorce jokes that may or may not land, but divorce may or jokes, may not land. They half, help of, you. half people really laughed at that. The other half are definitely writing in right now. Exactly. <laughs> so we like we understand the struggle it's incredibly difficult sometimes you know and a lot of times like the clients that i talk to they contemplate divorce for a while you know and i'm just sort of like on that journey with them for months or maybe sometimes years um and so i have to kind of like uh, it's hard because it's it's, you feel like you don't want to tell anybody about it because there's a lot of shame or there's a lot of embarrassment or you feel like you're like thinking about it forever. So you feel like your friends are going to get so annoyed that you just like keep on contemplating it and not doing anything about it. Yeah. Right. Good yeah. friends might actually set that boundary and <laughs> yeah. yeah, force your hand a bit. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to a therapist because they're not going to make you feel horrible about it and they can, yeah. you know, so that's, that's definitely something you can think of doing if you have access to a therapist, but Let's also talk about just sort of like the emotional impact, um, sort of like the, the grief. We've talked a lot about grief, so we won't go a ton into grief because we've just so listened to our grief episodes. But let's talk about grief and anger and guilt and sadness and talk about like maybe ways to cope with that or get through it. Yes. You know, I think often about... How I can't remember what episode we talked about this, and probably a few about mm-hmm. how 
you really need to create that boundary and mm-hmm. and get away from the person in the situation mm-hmm. because if you're in it like i remember making every excuse under the sun to like go back to the house and like get something or i need this or like you know who hasn't done that like oh i'm going to leave my st- I made the mistake in one relationship of leaving my GoPro camera at his place because I was like, oh, I'm going to leave this because I'll definitely will will know that it's mine. And then I'll definitely have to like have a conversation and get it back. Right. And then the guy was like, oh, no, what GoPro? I don't know what you're talking about. (sighs) Oh, so that plan backfired. Don't do that shit. Yeah. So, you know, like really creating that distance and giving yourself time to get out of the emotions of it in, in not like you're going to a f- like a hundred percent, but it can be very painful if you are sharing the same space mm-hmm. or, you mm-hmm. know, and, or, or just like lingering around their area in hopes of having maybe conversations that don't need to happen then. Like, you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. You should start, you should start shopping at a different grocery store so yes. you don't accidentally run into them. You For should real. stop sharing your fucking Netflix and Hulu streaming accounts. Correct. You don't need to do that. You can afford... To pay for your own streaming accounts. If you can't, Rocket Money will help you cancel it whenever you there want. There you go. Rocket Money yes. is your new girlfriend or boyfriend. You can count on them go. forever. Um, we'll financially help you for exactly. sure. Um, oh. Stop following them on socials. Even if you're just yeah. like, I'm curious about what their life looks like. Just don't do it. And right. it's so incredibly hard. And it sucks how we live in this modern world now where we have to like deliberately unfollow block go through all the steps sign out create a new account or whatever when in the 90s it was just like bye bye right yeah yeah for real i still get notifications that the pest control service has completed their (laughs) lap of the house that Mm -hmm. i am no longer on the Mm -hmm. mortgage for Mm -hmm. and no no matter what i do can't get that stop happening and then uh every time they call my dog goes to to the groomer goes to petco Mm -hmm. they're always like landon (laughs) patterson no (laughs) nope not at all but yeah how many times you try to change that system does not want yeah anything else you know what i haven't changed and this is this is just me being a bad example for for all of our listeners me and kate kate mack's wife we tried our very best to detangle ourselves from the family plan on T-Mobile, and we have not been able to do it. So for the last almost four years, <laughs> we are still paying. We're still the same family plan because there's so many there's so many hoops that we have to jump through, and it'll like our our bill will like skyrocket. And you know what? We're just like Kate still feels like family to me is like the excuse. There you go. Yeah, yeah, but I mean. I don't recommend it, but you should get off of whatever thing. Absolutely. Those boundaries, they are so difficult. But once they're like, once we were in different spaces, Mm -hmm. it made such a difference. That Mm -hmm. was so important. I mean, I couldn't be in the same space and not feel like I had failed at something. Mm, Yeah. You know what helped me too is telling my friends 
what kind of support I needed from them every single time I saw them. So I would start with like, I just need to vent to you, or can you help me solve this problem? Or I hate her. Can you hate her with me? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, so if I'm just like very specific, it was like super informative for my friends. They didn't feel like they didn't know how to support me. I was telling them specifically how to do it. Um, or it's just like, I want you to like play video games with me. I want to go on a walk, like just sort of distract me or whatever. And so when I was like telling people how to be there for me, they felt really like useful. And it was also incredibly healing for me too. I stayed in my anger stage for a while, which turned into like a very slutty ho stage. <laughs> As anger stages often do. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just um, channel that into the bedroom. Channel that. But also like I'm what I would recommend, I didn't do it very well. I was like very messy. So try to like be like go ahead and like what do they say the best way to get over someone is under mm-hmm. someone that might be but true like, that might not don't be true. sleep with the bartender at your favorite restaurant exactly. in the new neighborhood you move to because yes. then you don't have anywhere else to go to eat mm-hmm. just as an example <laughs> hypothetical yes. be very intentional about the decisions you make. It's really easy to be like, who cares? I'm divorced. I'm going nuts. Like, whatever. I'm going to do whatever I want. You do have agency. You can be deliberate. Let's not pretend like, yeah. So that's, that's what I say. That is such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I did a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. A lot of bit of that. (laughs) Totally understandable. That's okay. Yeah. Just make sure that you're ethical and being safe. You know? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, what has the, like, what has your dating experience been after divorce? Like, did you feel ashamed to talk about that you were divorced or did you try to hide it? Were you really upfront with it? Were you judged? You know, I thought that I was going to be, I thought it would be worse, Mm -hmm. but then I thought about what, like, how a lot of people are divorced Mm -hmm. and how there are really two in my mind, I kind of put it, it put people in like two categories. There's like the person who's getting divorced because they are in a different place emotionally, like their than their partner. And they're looking for a partner. Like I was, I had it in my mind that I would be a great second wife that Mm. like somebody who, because the things that are superficial and the things that, don't really matter or the things that I was, I felt like I was giving up and, and like letting go of in my first marriage to look for something a little deeper for me. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I didn't mind sharing that I was divorced because I really knew the reasons why I wanted to get divorced. And I felt like they weren't things for me like, Oh, you know, I, I didn't feel like I did anything wrong, I guess. Mm, and not mm. like we should feel different if we did who like, and what is, man, there's always reasons why we do anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, and I felt open to dating other people who were divorced. Mm-hmm. I felt like that in a way, especially like if you were a, a, a guy who got divorced and like, th- like went through therapy, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God. I, I was like, I'm, d- I love that. Mm-hmm. Like, great you 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 did something really challenging and you're you know people are people look at that as like oh no nobody will will want to be with the opposite it shows me that you've had to go through something really difficult and have very hard conversations that is a good sign 
Yes. Yeah, that is. Yeah. If you can kind of like figure out a way to get through it and heal and learn about yourself and grow and get more in touch with what you want in a relationship or a partner because you like figured out what you didn't want or wasn't going to work for you, then yeah, I I too like seek out people that have been through divorces or really long-term relationships. There's just something sort of comforting and maybe also like a part of me thinks that I'm not going to be judged as much. There's still people out there that look at divorce as a failure and something to be ashamed of. And I want to be with somebody who knows that it's like a very okay, regular, healthy thing that you can go through that like actually makes you even more mature and grown up. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I was uh, a little more worried that of how my partner's family would mm. think about who like maybe don't know the whole story mm-hmm. or just like wouldn't want me to be somebody who like gives up or throws in the towel, you know? Mm-hmm. And I want to tell people listening that I think I hear this often from clients that there's this fear of, and even you've kind of said like, who's going to love me now? Like when mm-hmm. am I going to find love? Like are my best years behind me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love happens at any age. There are people your age who also want love. It is not everybody is taken. There are other people who are going through similar things, who are you know leaving somebody who wasn't able to be there for them emotionally, and who you, you know who and who can who can meet you there, and who can like fulfill your needs. Mm-hmm. And just because. And I think like women and men, I I can't say it's just women, but like there is this feeling of like, you know, am Mm -hmm. I even, I I don't see women over the age of, you know, 30 in movies or television or anywhere Mm -hmm. else. Like, where do we exist and are we still attractive? And yes, absolutely. 100% because Mm -hmm. the men who I talk to are telling me that they want those kind of women. They want real women who can meet them emotionally and Mm -hmm. they don't want to date, you know, people who they have shallow relationships with. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's such an easy trap to fall into of like all the good ones are taken and there's not going to be like the dating pool is so small or there's only, you know, but me and Sarah are perfect examples of like hotties that are out there that are like looking good and are that, you know, like have been available. So there's, (laughs) uh, but it's, but yes, I get it. Like that's, that's a very scary thing. And, and, you know, remembering, you know, we're kind of like saying this throughout this whole episode, but like making the decision to get a divorce is maybe one of the top most difficult things or difficult experiences to go through. This is, this is, there's so much uncertainty. You don't know what it's going to look like on the other side. It's so scary. All the people, all my friends, all my clients and me included, I've seen so many people go through divorces and thrive on the other end. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have a hard time or it's not going to be devastating. or You're not going to go through the hardest grief of your life, but you're most likely going to grow from it and be stronger because of it. I know that feels like toxic positivity, but like, it's typically true. It's a cliche because it's true usually. So, so I want to like empathize that you're going through something very difficult. I also want to encourage you that you're going to grow and you're going to be amazing because of it. Support for today's episode comes from iHerb. Yeah, I said iHerb. iHerb is specifically asked me to pronounce the H in iHerb. I really want to say iHerb, but I'm going to stick with iHerb. And you know what? It's kind of fun to say. iHerb offers the best curated selection of wellness products 
at the best possible value across a variety of categories such as supplements, sports nutrition, beauty, and baby. This is honestly your one-stop shop for all your health and wellness needs, which is nice because I can just trust iHerb to make sure that all the stuff I'm buying off their site is tested and verified to ensure that what you find in every bottle is what is supposed to be there. Their site is super easy to navigate, although I do need to warn you, if you're feeling the least bit snacky, your cart will fill up fast. I want to name a few products that I love, and if you're truly a fan of mine, you'll love them as well. I got some Annie's Homegrown Organic Cheddar Squares, which should be renamed to Cheez-Its, but less guilt. So good. I also got some Now Foods Real Food Dry Roasted and Sea Salt pistachios, which is perfect because how satisfying is it to break open those little pistachio shells to eat their yummy insides? Do we call them their insides? Oh, and I'm trying out the Dude Products Flushable Wipes, which is basically baby wipes, but for men because I'm a man and I'm not a baby. Maybe I'm more of a man baby. So this is perfect for me and my sensitive butt. I got like 20 other things and it was shipped to me super fast. I want to acknowledge that it might be weird for a therapist to try and sell you things, but I can assure you that me and Sarah are very picky about what products we use. And iHerb was a real no-brainer for us. So please support our show by picking out some healthy products. And for a limited time, our listeners, that means you, get an exclusive offer of 22% off their entire order. Go to iHerb.com and use promo code TCE22 to get 22% off. That's I-H-E-R-B.com. And don't forget to acknowledge the H and iHerb. Okay, back to the show. Sarah, I have another question for you. There... <laughs> How? (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. How long? Like, let's say you're out there and you're single, you're doing your thing, you're looking for a partner, you meet somebody, first or second date, you find out that they were divorced and they just got out of their marriage a month ago. (laughs) Like, what is the time? How many months or how much time needs to go by before you would feel comfortable dating somebody after a divorce or separation? You know, I got into a relationship pretty quickly mm-hmm. and a, a one where we lived together and mm. it was a real serious relationship. And I spent a lot of time explaining to him that the time that you start contemplating divorce or like when you are separated from them that like divorce on paper takes a mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. took time. over a year for me mm-hmm. holy crap yeah it took a long time mm-hmm. and it 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 and what but oh, here's the freaking thing <laughs> when i look back i was not ready to be in mm-hmm. that kind of relationship now just because I wasn't ready to be in that kind of relationship. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I was, it was what I needed at the time and it mm. was what helped me grow. So maybe I was ready, but it just, it, I, I didn't, I don't think that I let myself, uh, I don't know. It's a tricky question because I feel like I, I might say like, I wouldn't touch somebody that was at least a year out of yeah. their like separation at least. Yeah. But when I got divorced, I was like, I'm ready. I'm here. Let's do right. this. I'm the exception. Turns out I wasn't the exception, but I thought <laughs> I was. <laughs> Me too. So yeah. like, I just want to, maybe it's like keeping expectations really low of mm-hmm. like, you know, th- this and being, I, I think it's very important to be very open and upfront right. with 
your partner about where you are and and then going to therapy and it's hard to not bring in baggage and shit from the last one that's the thing is that like you're probably there's probably more grieving stuff you have to do and it's going to come up you're going to experience that in your new relationship if you're like quickly hopping into a new one so we're not saying don't or do it or whatever just like understand that there's like a healing journey that needs to Mm -hmm. like take place typically so you might be dating somebody or getting into a relationship with somebody that has sort of like this unresolved whatever emotional issues or trauma or divorce stuff um there are people that like and also like it it might be sort of a quote-unquote rebound relationship but sometimes rebound relationships last forever yeah my husband's married now husband -husband, ex-husband is now remarried and He got married quick, like, right? So I'm sure it's uh, very healthy and everyone yeah. is thriving in that relationship. There you go. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. You know? <laughs> so, so yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a funny thing that like mm-hmm. <clears throat> we might, we might be like, well, maybe don't date somebody who's like freshly divorced. But if you're the one that's freshly divorced, oftentimes you think you are ready. Most of the time you're maybe not ready. Just at least be like honest with yourself where you are emotionally with yourself and with the person that you're dating. Yeah. And it's, it is a, Oh, it's something that I think only looking back, Mm. can you really have like the perspective and the awareness to know what was like right or too soon or, Mm -hmm. and it depends on like the nature of the relationship too. If it was something where it was Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of distance and you guys were just, emotionally unavailable for each other for a long time. Maybe it just yeah, doesn't yeah, even seem like a totally. big change. Yeah. You know? Just if you, if you start becoming interested in somebody that you want to date, who's freshly out of a long-term marriage, mm-hmm. ask them like what work they've done, why yeah, they feel like they're go. ready. Right. You know, like yeah. you can get a good understanding of where they are. What are your fears in this yes. relationship? I think understanding somebody's fears in the relationship that they're in will mm-hmm. help you know, what the relationships of the past were like and Mm -hmm. what kind of things are probably going to trigger them or make them really activated. Yep. 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 So has this, has like going through a divorce, does, has it changed your feelings on whether or not you want to get married in the future? I'll say this. Let's talk about relationship goals, Sarah. (laughs) Yes. You know, Oh God. As I have a meltdown right here, I'm like, with you, it's safe. No pressure. It's fine. Everything's fine. You know, my podcast relationships have been my longest relationship. So this is looking really good for you and me in our future. Um, uh, it has, what it, what is really done. it, It has helped me narrow in on what things are important about the process of getting married. I, Mm. I think that I would really like that kind of connection and commitment and all the other benefits that come with being married. It's like we live in a society that unfortunately rewards you if you're married in some ways. It's fucking stupid Mm -hmm. and like punishes you if you're not. I'm like, oh, I can save even more on my insurance if I'm married. (laughs) Oh, I get to switch my dental insurance if I Mm -hmm. have this life-changing event. Like, Mm -hmm. who are you to decide what a life-changing event is? Anyways, (laughs) so um, I think that I I definitely want that. But I understand 
I have a better understanding of the things that when I, I get married are important to me. Like a lot of the stuff that I felt mattered when I got married before are very like superficial. Like, you know, I cared about how, like how the pictures looked and like what mm-hmm. the flowers looked like. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, things like that. And now I just care more about the words that are said between me and my partner and the commitment that we make to each other to support each other and, and really like, I, I'm just a big fan of rituals. So I like, Mm -hmm. I like a a, a commitment ceremony and I don't even have to get like married. Mm -hmm. Like I just want that, that verbal, like words are very 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 important to me and mm-hmm. so i want like words and action well so are actions you know important <laughs> too but like it all and this is terrible maybe it means like i need them to say these things so that i could be like you motherfucking said that and now you didn't do it you know so like right maybe here. it's that i don't know but i don't know i just feel like i want that but i don't need like all this this mm-hmm. stuff like who cares band of wedding a, a fancy dress so like right. fucking who cares yeah who gives a shit i it, it it i guess it jaded me a little bit and then and now when somebody asks me like is it important for you to get married like even like the some of the first dates that i go on they'll they'll ask like what my long-term yeah. goals are do i want to get married and my my answer is always just like i don't care whatever all right like, i don't care I say, either way it's okay yeah. Yeah, I, it's not something that I need to do or want. And, and even before I got married, it wasn't something that I was just like, I have to get married. But there was, I think subconsciously somewhere in there, I felt that. I was like on the relationship escalator, kind of like checking off all the little stops and yeah. marriage was one of them. And so there's part of me is just like been there, done that sort of thing. Another part of me is like, I mean, it's not going to keep, it's not going to be the thing that keeps everything together, right? That is what I can't get over, Jeff. This mm-hmm. is what I have the breakdown about, about like the goals and said, I was like, what, what? That's not going to be the thing that, mm-hmm. so you're going to get a piece of paper that's what, and then all of a sudden nobody's going to like mm-hmm. cheat on anybody. Nobody's going to, no, that like, it's mm-hmm. a daily thing. It's like every day you make the decision to be with the person that you're with mm-hmm. and you hope that you both make the same decision on the same day and, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> not the decision to get divorced on the same day. (laughs) Yeah. And that, that's, it doesn't stop. It's, it's, you know, I tell Eli all the time. It's like, time is going to be the thing that's going to make me feel trusting Mm -hmm. time and actions and Mm -hmm. right. And camping. You love camping. camping. That's it. Yeah. And camp. Oh man. Maybe that's it. We've been just like stuck inside and i can't like Ooh. sleep out doors and that's the problem i'm just gonna yeah. have to get a space it, heater and is it snow is it is it still really cold and snowy oh yeah it's is probably it? like 30 degrees right now oh, maybe a little bit less yeah. and there's storm a coming eli's skiing right now <sighs> i know i'm so jealous i'm like oh it must be fun you're, you're, you're <laughs> gonna be working all day i know slaving away powder oh, i can't believe <sighs> it Anyways, uh, I can't. Grounds I will for say. divorce. No, I'm it's a joke, joke, joke. I one of my favorite jokes is, uh, I bet you fifty percent of your stuff we don't get divorced. I used to say that. <laughs> I used to say that to my now ex husband all the time. <laughs> I won that bet. I love or that. lost it. I don't know. <laughs> it's a yeah. You both won and lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait till one day I meet Eli. I feel like. Oh. 
I feel like I, I have a relationship with him, but not like a real yeah. one. So one day yeah. I will meet Eli in person and I am very much looking forward to that day. I am very much looking forward to making that day happen. And there'll mm -hmm. be lots and lots of laughs. Yes. Oh, well, we hope you guys, uh, you know, maybe have some laughs in talking about a subject that often causes so many tears, at least yeah. for me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Thank you for sharing and for like listening to and helping be my like kind of pseudotherapist for this episode, Jeff, as usual. Of course. Anytime. Yeah. It was so fun to talk to you. And again, we, we want to recommend that our, if you want to support our podcast, yeah. go sign up at rocketmoney.com slash TCE. Thank you so much for your reviews and mm -hmm. for subscribing. All your DMs. Yes. We love yes. Yes. Yeah. And keeping, keeping this show afloat so we can keep bringing you all of the good stuff. Mm -hmm. all right. Okay, Sarah. We'll see you next time. Bye.